0: Welcome to Tolaramia in part two of the Inglorium Bastards trilogy, Rise of the Mordagian.
1: All right, welcome everybody uh, to episode eighty-five of the Inglorium Bastards campaign. With me tonight, I have my um, uh, my long lost friend uh, Spriggs uh, back to talk about his character, Burren. I haven't interviewed him solo since part one, so we're um, Spriggs. We're going to talk a little bit about Burn tonight, and um, a little bit about your understanding of the the story thus far in part two, um, Rise of the Mor Does that sound good to you?
0: Yeah, sounds good.
1: All right, so um, we'll start right off with um, backtracking a bit um, by about <laughs> uh, maybe thirty episodes um, when you guys first decided to come over um, after the, the the great battle at the Gray Havens against the um, the. Um, uh, oh, gosh, why am I blanking? So the, against the shadow, right? The shadow turned into um, Balrog. Balrog, right? And then you um, you guys kind of defeated it. and right? closed the portal and disappeared um and then you realize that this was just the beginning um so can you talk a little bit about why like what i know why some of the other characters came over but but tell me sort of like give us a a heart to heart here with Burr, and why did he decide to to seek out tol erisaia and, and and get on one of kirden's ships
0: um i think while well, playing the campaign at the end of it, when when Raiken, you know went through the portal and like closed it, you know burn was hoping that everything was finished because he had plans that he wanted to follow through on that was in Middle Earth. But I think part of him thought that you know, that fight wasn't over, that there was still something you know coming that was going to happen. And I mean, as you find out watching the rest of it, you know we were the cause of it all. and yeah, I think that's one of the coolest things about this campaign is like. We're the
1: heroes trying to save everybody, but we also caused a lot of the end, a lot of the second part of the campaign. Yeah, you know, and and you know, there's that old saying about you know causing the thing that you're trying to prevent, right? But mm-hmm. um, you know, in this case, it's really true. But but at the same time, you know, you have to you have to wonder how much of this stuff was predestined. I mean, you the the second prophecy of Mando's talks explicitly about. Kind of the end of the world, right? And and you know, I, I, as the listener at this point, they know like that's where this is heading. So you kind of have to ask yourself, like, yeah, you guys might have released that shadow, but how much of this was predestined?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Um. So so burn Um. So why did Byrne come over? You because because you guys caused it. And you felt like uh, he felt like obligated to to sort of. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I think he was. I think he felt obligated to continue searching for the shadow because, you know, it wasn't really gone. It, it just went to a different, you know, area. And uh, I think he kind of felt bad about Raiken. I mean, him and Raiken were buddies. You know, they were you know, in the first camp or the first episode together. And, uh, yeah, I just think that he felt obligated that he really needed to go and he had grown really close to the rest of the party, uh, which is not really like Burn would be usually, um, yeah, yeah. he spent so much time with them, pretty connected.
1: Yeah, um, so, so I I'm gonna take away two things from that, the the whole, like, um, feeling kind of responsible for the Shadow and and possibly, um, feeling close to the group, and especially Riken who had sacrificed himself at the Grey Havens, huh? Mm-hmm. Alright, well, um, so, so, I mean we can kind of um go right into this um i I guess that would lead me to my next question is about like about burn in particular like how how had he how has he changed over the course of the last um you know almost thirty five episodes um how, how would you say he's changed i mean and you and you can take an even like a ten thousand foot view if you want like like over the course of the eighty episodes or so um, yeah yeah he He's definitely changed a lot because um, in the beginning, you know, it's, it's hard to like create a persona for your character and like stay in it the whole time. Um, but he he definitely wasn't one to like trust people right away, and he, you know, Riken was the only person he really had
0: a, a relationship with in the very beginning. And I feel like now he's so close and really tight it with this group, and um, I feel like he has changed a lot on his goals, like. Yeah, originally you and I had talked about, like, you know, would Byrne go to Amon, like, at the end of the first um, part of the campaign? And originally you and I had talked about him going back and helping Fallon take back Mordor. Right. And I think that's probably the main part of him that has changed is his uh, willingness to give up what he really wanted to do for the greater good and like to go to Amon and to chase down this shadow that they partially feel like they're responsible for um, releasing onto Amon. And I think most of his growth was spiritually and, you know, mentally I mean, physically he hasn't changed any. The characters you know, played the same basically the entire time. He was just a badass. I mean, <sighs> out and just his things. Um. Yeah, I think that he, his, his mindset and like his goals have have changed a lot between the first part
1: of the campaign and the second part. Okay. Well, did you? Um. I mean, you you knew you were chasing the shadow, but um, in the in in these last like thirty or so episodes, did you did you have any idea that the man in black was related with the shadow, or what? What were your thoughts on that guy? Uh. (laughs) So.
0: I I think that we all kind of like thought that that might be what it was at some point. But one of the funniest things in the, the whole second part of the campaign is how we kept accusing Morloman of being black <laughs> because he dressed in what he calls dark gray. Really? But yeah, like, I thought that was one of the funniest things that happened in Dark King. Like, no one trusted him for the longest time because everybody thought that he was the man of black because he came in during the second part of the campaign and <laughs> wasn't one of, like, the original characters. <laughs> and I, I thought that was one of the funniest things. That was good. But, I wouldn't say that we knew that he was in, like the shadow was the man in the black but we had our suspicion about it
1: yeah so well, uh, where the, where the listener is at this point you, know, you guys have just um celebrated the birth of flowers the Nost-Nolothian celebration at Alqualondë with King Olwe and um and, and you know at this point you found out from Idriel and Tuor at the at the Tower of Pearl that that the man in black is turn turn bar and that the shadow that possessed turn turn bar um has a name his name is guarthower and so at this point in the campaign the um you know the listeners and all and the characters too know that the man in black turn turn bar and the shadow are essentially one being at this point um all right, so let's let's talk about um, I, let's talk about. I, I like to ask people their favorites, like their favorite parts. And um, so, if you, I'll just leave it open to you, um, if you want to talk a little bit about um, possibly like your favorite NPC or your favorite scene, maybe.
0: Um, <clears throat> I really liked the some of the hapless episodes. Um, I oh, thought those were really fun. Yeah. <clears throat> I always like the um, anything that's like puzzles. You know, I I enjoy like non combat. Uh, Andy. I enjoy like puzzles and like opening chests for loot and getting trapped and <laughs> things like that. I think that's what makes it fun. Uh, so the Stone of the hapless was really fun, and then I the was it the tentacle monster on the
1: bridge? That's what that was? Oh, back in back in part one or or um. Was it part one? Was there one in part two that we did, too? Um, I, you know, I, so the, the Watcher at Tharbad, right, um, that was back in part one, um, and where Christian character, Christian's character almost died. um, is like, there? Is there a different? It was the shadowy sea's monster, the one where we were on the boat. Oh gosh, yes, that was that it was, was like, a <laughs> Like
0: that was a lot of fun. I liked that episode a lot. Um, and then <laughs> That's right. Gil, Gil Fanon was probably the coolest NPC, um, just because you know he's an actual Tolkien character that uh, doesn't have a lot of information on him. You know, he was just the, the guy at the House of a Hundred that. Wasn't he the one that told the story to the uh, children of Lost Play, or the village, or the cottage of Lost Play? Does
1: so okay. yeah, very close. Um, so Gil Fannin was the um, the guy that Ariel uh, sat down and told the history of the elves to. Um, and you you guys came there right after you you had been at the cottage of Lost Play, where you met Lindo and Vare. Yeah, I, I was just uh, I, sorry. I have to comment on the whole tentacle monster thing. You, uh, look, at, <laughs> I, I might have to like lay on Freud's couch after this or something, and, and really like analyze myself because I'm thinking back to all the tentacle monsters, <laughs> and I'm I'm thinking maybe I have a problem. <laughs> There was a lot of creatures with tentacles. I didn't even know that was a thing. For, <laughs> but apparently that's only yes. was. And I and I I love
0: the fact that um, I was able to get Bear back for Ryke and I thought that was one of the cool kind of like non-story driven things that happened, um, that it really pleased one of the PCs.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, I bet the listeners might not have even caught that. So it, it, you, you were talking about the Stone of the Hapless episode, right? So when you guys traveled from the Tower of Pearl, you guys immersed yourself in that pool, and Idriel and Tular told you, you know, make sure you're really focused on, on where you want to go, because this pool will take you anywhere you want to go, or it also answers the desires of your heart um, in, in terms of loved ones, um, and, and that was kind of left open-ended, and I think I threw that in there mostly because we had talked But you wanted to do something nice for Riken because poor Riken had just a terrible, uh, just a, I mean, it was a, it was a great sort of progression for his character, but just, he lost bear like three times. Um, you know, and and, and you, you wanted to do something nice for him. So I think what happened was when you lay immersed yourself in the pool, you're thinking about the location, but you're also thinking about getting Bear back for Riken and and then he shows up as undead bear, so you kind of got your wish. Yeah, and I and speaking back to the like the growth of
0: Burren um, I, I th- the growth of ryken you know outshines everybody's like real growth like as a character' Cause he changed so much. like had such a hard time in the first you know part of the story, um, you know like with his father and his crazy brother and you know bear dying multiple times. and then you know he's the one that sacrificed himself. And when we find him in the second part of the campaign, he's completely different. And, you know, in like his character has such a rich like backstory. And it was so cool to like watch it play out because, you know, those things aren't like predetermined. Like we didn't we weren't like, oh, so you're gonna sacrifice yourself and then you're gonna you know start breathing sm- smoke in the second part of this campaign. Right. Uh, and I thought that was
1: one of the coolest growth moments of this entire campaign was just Riken in general. Yeah. And and Josh did a great job playing him. What, was it um, was it hard um, as a as a, a player playing a sort of the the lone barbarian the tank in part one? Was it weird having a, a, another barbarian in the mix? Because that, that's the way Josh kind of reskinned uh, Riken in the second part of the campaign. Was it was it odd having a second tank? Uh,
0: it was it was surprising, uh, but it was really good for us because you know adding more PCs to the game means there's going to be more monsters and larger fights to make it, you know, interesting. And I think having a second person that can just stand in front of something and take damage is, you know, you're, you know it's invaluable, really. Yeah. Um, and it really fit Raiken because of all the changes he went through. And Raiken, he was a warden, is that right, in the first part? I, I think so, yeah. He, he was awful. I mean, I don't know if his dice were broken, but <laughs> he was awful. I mean, I don't know if he did more than 30 damage the entire first part of the campaign. Yeah. But he was so much more
1: useful in the second part because he reskinned and all the changes that happened to him during the first part. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Well, um, a, a, just a couple more questions for you here. Um, let's see. So um, so at this point, we're we're past... Um, we're past the halfway point in the campaign obviously um, uh, by probably eight episodes or so or nine episodes um, and I wonder as um, as as a as a player did, did you have I mean we, we've been reading I think at this point you guys had this uncovered the the second part of the second prophecy of mandos Um You had, um, I think, Gilfanon told you the first part, and then Meryl at Quartirion told you the second part. And I had broken it into four pieces, so you would discover it slowly. Um, You know, at this point, you know Terran Turnbar is supposed to be the one to kill Morgoth. Did you, as a player, did you have any idea sort of, like, how you would get there to this battle with Morgoth?
0: Uh, Not really, no. Um, It we We felt we knew what we were looking for, and like where we needed to go, um, but how it was all gonna play out was still kind of a mystery. yeah, um, I mean, like all the way up into till episode like seventy eight or something, um when we found out that turn Turnbar was the man in black and that the man in black was I mean, that he was possessed by the shadow, and that's why his sarcophagus was open, yeah, like that kind of gave us some direction. Like, okay, so we need to continue following this guy and we need to catch him. Like, we need to figure this out. Um, That was our, I guess, our our main goal, right? I mean, there was a lot of things that happened along the way and there's a lot of other things that we were doing, like trying to find the mallet for... um, Oh, Uh, The the uh, mallet of Tombow for Little Heart? Yeah, for Little Heart. Like, we had other things that we were trying to
1: do, but I think we all knew that, you know, the man in black was our, our goal. That's what we needed to be. Yeah, well, the the listener doesn't know exactly where this is heading. I think, I mean, it's going to come to a head here um, fairly soon in um, uh, probably about 10 episodes. Um, And and so they'll discover it pretty quickly. I, I did want to. I did want to say, and I'm, I'm sad to say this, but this may be the last time that I interview you solo in this uh, in, in this trilogy. Um, and that's because um, you needed to step away for part three of this. So we had somebody else playing Burn, um which was both bad and good. Obviously, you knew Byrne inside and out, um, but it also, you know, um, he, his character kind of took a turn uh, in the third part, and you discover way more about him. Yeah. Um. So um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. So. <laughs> t- tell us. Uh. T- tell. Tell us how like how how did that was it was that tough to like step away uh, from from the character at that point. Yeah. So
0: I, I mean, we, we invested a lot of time. I mean, we were however many episodes into this? You know, doing it every week, and you know, three and four hours at a time, and. It's hard to step away from something that you're doing consistently, and like there's still you know a yearning for like what's going to happen and like when, what's you know, what's coming up. Um, but at the time, that was whenever uh, my wife had Evan, and I so I knew that sectioning out that part of time may be difficult. And I was never one of the players that wanted to not be there. Right. You know? right. Um like if I if I couldn't be there, I'd rather just not be there at all. Like I want someone else to play my character because I feel like he was a big part of the story and you know, he's been around for so long. Um so yeah, it was tough. Uh it was fun reading um our hangout chat and like catching things that were happening um from you guys and uh and when I made my guest uh appearance at the end of the
1: campaign. <laughs> <laughs> that was always fun. <laughs> Yeah, that is definitely something to look forward to. I'm just looking here. Um, so the the final battle uh, is going to be. Yeah, I, I think the final battle's just in like probably like 15 episodes or something, um, and and in pretty close to that, we'll we'll do we'll do the full cast reunion and and sort of we'll talk about that. Um, I will say though, you might not join us after this in in spirit of Burren. You you do make another secret appearance that I think you alluded to, and we'll save that we'll save that as a as a mystery for the listener. Exactly. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, buddy. So we'll we'll talk to you in uh, I don't know, uh, give or take fifteen episodes for the full cast reunion for part two. Does that sound good? Sounds good. All don't right. forget, it's all about the decks. It's all about the decks. <laughs> all about the decks. <laughs> thank you, thank you. We'll talk to you. All right. See you. Though this marks the end of the episode, the road goes ever on. Until next time, join us at longwinded.one and consider giving us a review on Apple Music, Spotify, or really whichever platform you choose.